Acts 10, 34 to 43 is where we're reading from. I'm going to quickly pray for us, and then uh, I'm going to share uh, just a little simple message, and then we will get into what we want, what we want to get into. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Uh, thank you that we have a chance to meet together, to celebrate together, to reflect together, and to be encouraged by your word, Lord. Uh, and so we surrender this time before you, and ask that you have your hand upon it, uh, move in our midst. Amen. All right, so Acts 10. Um, one of the things that you find in Acts is that there are a lot of testimonies about Jesus. And testimonies about Jesus is what I want to talk about today because I want to I talk about the idea of your story, your personal testimony being very powerful. But I'm going to frame that a bit differently because I oftentimes feel like when we talk about our testimony, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've spent a long time in youth ministry and typically testimonies at youth ministry go along the lines of, Ah uh, man, you know, like I was, I was into drugs. I was into women. I was going to parties every night, and it, that portion of the testimony goes on forever. And then they go, and then I met Jesus, and my life is so much better now. Let's pray. And you're like, what? How is it better? <laughs> What, what has changed? Why is it transformed? And it's, there's this big abridged front section of, of, you know, all the naughty stuff. And then this really short transformational bit. And then Jesus changed my life. How? Why? When? Where? And then my life is better. And there's no explanation of how it's better. Right? And so one of the things I want to do is I want to jump into Acts um, today and look at one of those testimonies from Acts, okay? And this is uh, uh, Peter, and he is at uh, Cornelius's house, uh, who is part of the Italian regiment. He's a centurion. He's quite a well-known person. And they are talking uh, about a couple of big issues, but what Peter does in this moment is lays out a testimony for Jesus. And you go, well, uh, this is about my story being powerful. I'm like, yeah, our story isn't powerful unless we understand that Jesus' story is the most powerful. And so this is what Peter says. He says, Peter began to speak. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling them the good news of the peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Peter starts with a narrative that includes every single person. Okay? It is a narrative that says the availability of Jesus is for every single person from every single nation, every single where. That's not great grammar, I know. But Jesus is available to everyone. Peter does this purposefully because that room is filled with a whole bunch of different people. Some are Jewish and they are very... Uh, 
authoritative about how the law should be performed. And then there's other people in this room who are Gentiles, who have absolutely no bearing or connection to Jesus whatsoever. And so Peter's point is to say, this person is available to everyone. And then he goes on and he says, you know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses to everything that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on the tree, and God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen he was not just seen by all the people but by witnesses whom god had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead what is peter doing well peter is making a point that this is not a fictitious story this is a historic event this is not some pantomime uh, Disney-type narrative, but this is something that we can find placed in history, that there is evidence to support it in history, that it happened, that there were witnesses that bear testimony to the good works of Jesus, and that we have authoritative measures to demonstrate that this actually Happened That when we turn to Scripture, we are not turning to a fanciful book, but to a book that provides a narrative from history that actually happened. Not only that, what Peter does is he says something very important here. They killed Jesus. They hung him on a tree. And then God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen by a sea of witnesses. Why is this important? Well, because without the resurrection, the church does not exist. If you do not have the resurrection of Jesus, he does not stay on the cross. He is no longer on the cross, but he is triumphant king. If we leave that part out of the story, the church falls apart. It falls apart. It wouldn't exist today. The point that Peter is making is crucial, that without a resurrected Jesus, we do not have a narrative that brings about transformation. And... Um, Mal and I were debating this before. Um, he might actually be a better expert on this than I am, um, but I'm the one with the microphone right now, although you could probably turn the one up there and just go for it, right? I can talk if I want to. Yeah, great. Okay, good. You jump on in. <laughs> so I was saying the one that, the one that uh, was around when I was a kid, because I'm much younger than Mal, much, much, much younger, was Lee Strobel's book, uh, More Than a Carpenter, right? which is a, a, an investigative journalist who was not a Christian, who goes on a mission to discover... Um, sorry, Josh McDowell. Is that more than a carpenter? So we've got it back to front. Lee Strobel's Case for Christ. Josh McDowell is more than a carpenter. You see, the, the experts are in the room here. You guys take over the message. Um, 
So here's the thing, is that both these cases are investigative journalists that are going on a mission to prove that Jesus is not real. The whole point is that this is an atheist journalist who is going on a mission who is sick of people talking about the resurrection of Jesus and saying what we will do is we will go and disprove the resurrection of Jesus because if we can disprove the resurrection of Jesus the church falls apart we can be done with this we can repurpose all these buildings we get our Sundays back and we go about life right Josh McDowder goes and does that. Lee Strobel goes and does that. Between the two of them, they've both got books called Case for Christ, More Than a Carpenter. Who knows which one wrote which? Gilbert West did the same thing in the 18th century. First guy to do it. Goes on a journey to write a book, an investigative journalistic piece about disproving the resurrection of Jesus. He gets to a conclusion that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, so wrote a book about the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Ingersoll has a conversation with his brother, well, not with a friend, um, General Lou Wallace says, these Christians, very annoying, but if we disprove the resurrection of Jesus, they'll all be quiet. So I need you, General Wallace, to write a book that disproves the resurrection of Jesus. So he starts writing that book, then encounters Jesus and goes on to write Ben-Hur, a book about Jesus. (laughs) Okay? Frank Morrison in the 20th century goes on a journey because he's sick of all these Christians and thinks, if I can just disprove the resurrection of Jesus, this whole thing will fall apart. We don't have to meet up on a Sunday. We can get about our lives. So he writes a book called Who Moved the Stone? which is about the resurrection of Jesus. You can go through history and find these moments of time of these very, very, very passionate individuals who are smart, who have set out to disprove the resurrection of Jesus and had a radical encounter with Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus is where the story of Jesus ends. Not on a cross, but as the resurrected king. That is the linchpin to a story that is powerful. We should never leave that out of our testimonies. He then goes on, Peter. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that everyone, uh, to, to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And all the prophets testify, testify about him that to everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That if you believe in Jesus, you will be forgiven of your sins and you will be restored to a relationship with him how do we know because people knew that peter was a sailor and a fisherman and he is profoundly different because of his encounter with jesus you can't argue transformation Because it's a demonstration 
of the testimony of Jesus in your life. Peter, when he says this, stands as a witness bearing to the transformation of Jesus in his own life. And so one of the things I want to do is spend a little time sharing our testimony. Maybe you don't have a testimony, in which case, just listen to some. Because what we need to do is do the very same thing that Peter does. And what I find is that we can get really hung up on what our testimony is, and it can go on for a long, 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 long period of time. And it contains a teensy, weensy, weensy little part of Jesus. Okay? Peter's testimony, I read it out and I had Keela time me. Peter's testimony, read slowly, goes for a minute and 45 seconds. One minute and 45 seconds. Now, I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because there's about seven testimonies in Acts. So I'll give you the benefit of doubt, the longest one, read out loud, goes for two minutes and 45 seconds. Okay? What I want us to do is work with the person next to you and share your testimony. Okay? But there are three things which probably I should have given you to put up on a slide. I'm sorry. Start with how is your life better now for knowing Jesus? We're going to start at the end. We're not going to start at the beginning because this is where we get it all back to front. We spent so much time talking about the glorious life that we had before Jesus and all the parties and all the women, which is not my testimony, by the way. (laughs) I was not invited to those parties. Uh, I was playing computer games. Um, How is your life better now? Secondly, what is the most important thing about Jesus? I've kind of alluded to it. It's the resurrection. The whole thing falls apart without it. But in saying that, one of the questions I'm asking you is, what was your encounter with Jesus that was significant in your life change? Yeah, sure. How is it better now, your life with Jesus? We're going to start there, okay? The second question is, what is the most important thing about Jesus? Now, I'll give you an example. I was saved on a year nine camp when after a cow pat fight in a field, we sat down and we read Psalm 133. How great and pleasant is it when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And the most important thing about Jesus was my experience of Christian community. Okay? That experience of fellowship together was like an awakening for my soul. It's the thing that I love most about church, healthy community. Okay? It's not your narrative. It's my narrative. You're sitting there and go, I was scared into faith because of the authority of Jesus. Okay? Different testimony, but an important one. How can I discover more? 
The invitation at the end of Peter is that it is an invitation for you to find out more. Okay? That everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. How? Is going to be the question that everyone in Cornelius's house asks. How? Your testimony shouldn't answer all the questions. It should provide an invitation for somebody to continue the dialogue. That's what Peter is doing. Okay? What I want us to do now is I'm going to put down the microphone, I'm going to put on a little background music, and I want you to share your testimony with the person sitting next to you, interactive Sunday services, okay? I'm going to give you like... 10 minutes to do this. Yeah, it's going to get awkward. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's happening. All right.